0: Be excellent to each other. (laughs) At least one of you remembers that movie. (laughs) Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. That's dating some of us, isn't it? Can you remember that movie at all? Two guys, high school students, trying to get ready for a big presentation. And they want to give an excellent presentation. They don't want to just do a halfway job. They want to do an excellent job. And what they don't realize is that actually they are the answer to the peace and the stability of the future. Now, just imagine with me that your life And your legacy is what the future depends on for its excellence. And through the course of the movie, they find a time machine. They go back in time and they look at all the different people that have ever lived. And they bring them all back to their high school presentation. And Napoleon talks to the high school students and Cicero and... All the different people that uh, they thought were important to bring back. And the point of the whole movie was lost on most of us. Uh, But the idea that I came away with was that the decisions we make and the lives that we live leave a legacy that determines the future. After reflecting on it now for a number of years... (laughs) When I first saw it, I just thought, oh, that's kind of stupid. But when I think about it now, and I think about what it means to use this word excellent, I want to stop for just a moment, and let's study God's Word together from Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. I've talked to you about the first six things in this verse, truth, honor, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is of a good report. Now, those six things hang together. But then there's two more. And there's this phrase, if, between the two. So take these first six and then talk with me about this word, if. My dad always used to say if if sands and butts were candy and nuts we'd all have a merry christmas. <laughs> In other words, if is a very big word sometimes. If I make it. If I can get there. If I feel like it. If I want to. And that's where this word, if, comes right into this verse and comes to us in a feminine pronoun that describes excellence from a standpoint of virtue. So it's not just excellence as in Bill and Ted's excellent adventure and being excellent to each other. There's something that God is trying to say to you today about how you live your life out when it comes to virtue. Now, virtue is an old word. To put these two words together in a way that would make sense to you and to me, it would be moral excellence. If there is anything that is morally excellent, then we need to put that if between the first six words of this verse and talk about what moral excellence looks like. Virtue is moral excellence. It's a word that describes how we're supposed to live and what that's supposed to look like. The word is used four times in the New Testament. The only other author who uses it is Simon Peter and his words to the church. And he talks to it, talks to us and uses the same word like, like this. He says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, God's special possession, that you may declare the excellence or the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. To stop for just a moment and talk about what moral excellence has looked like All through the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, we find stories where moral excellence is rewarded and moral impurity is punished. Joseph was a great example of moral excellence. David, not so much. And whenever the people of God began to get in trouble, they began to get in trouble with how they lived their lives as men and women how they loved each other, how they lived together, who they married, what they longed for, and what they desired. How many of you would say that the the world is more morally excellent today than it ever has been? (laughs) How many of you would say that over the last... 2,000 years, we've made significant progress in our moral excellence since this letter was written to the church in Philippi. Well, you know, when Paul wrote these words, the world was a very immoral place. The Greeks and the Romans were not known for their moral excellence. Have <laughs> you done a little history? He you read a little history, the Greeks and the Romans took immorality to a whole new level. Those guys would sit around and feast and party, and they would get so much food in their mouths and their stomachs, they would go outside and they would get rid of that food and come back in and eat some more. That's how they lived with everything. The world has been in trouble for a long time when it comes to moral excellence. Now, that doesn't mean that there can't be progress made. I was talking to somebody this morning. And this year, they will have been married 67 years. You ask me, well, who in our congregation, as young as we are, could have been married for 67 years? And I tell you one thing I want to honor a couple here today. I want to honor them for their excellence. I want to honor them for their example. I want to honor them for their morality. I want to honor them for who they are and for what they do and what they mean to Hope Church. George and Olga Paranilla, would you stand and be recognized as a couple who has shown us an example of what it means to be morally excellent. Say it can't be done, talk to George and Olga. You say we haven't made any progress, talk to George and Olga. You say two people that are completely different will never be able to get along, talk to George and Olga. (laughs) Boy, she gave him a fist bump right there. Well, that was a good one. (laughs) Faithfulness. Virtue are things that we honor here at Hope Church because we teach and believe in the principles that God has shown us through His Word. And that when we live those things out in our lives, we find His blessing. Now you say, well, my road, Pastor Matt, has not been as rock steady as 67 years of marriage you say, well, there's been some things in my life that didn't go the way I thought they would. Well, you know what? That's life. And life is messy. And life doesn't always go the way we want it to. And sometimes the people in our lives don't love us in a very excellent manner. And sometimes there's things that happen to us that we wish were different. The wonderful thing about God's Word and His blessing is that from the moment you stop doing what you have been doing and start planting seeds of righteousness, there's a trail behind you that begins to grow good things. And you begin to surround yourself with good things until before you know it, as you're casting the seed in front of you and the harvest is coming behind you, you're surrounded in a field of God's blessing. So live towards what God has called you to do today. Don't worry about the past as much as you should worry about the future. God never asked his disciples for a resume. He didn't come up to Simon Peter and say, "Uh, I'd like to see uh, your uh, SAT scores. He knew exactly who Simon Peter was. And he built the church around a rough cob of a fisherman who said to us, you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood who should show forth the praises of Him, the excellence of Him by how you live your life. He also went on to say it this way. It's in the second book that Peter wrote. He said, His, meaning God's, divine power, God's divine power gives us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him, who has called us by his own glory, and then there's this word again, into moral excellence. So God's power will give you the strength to live with moral excellence. And that's why he continues to say in the fifth verse of this same chapter, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith moral excellence and to moral excellence knowledge. He uses that word, and it's translated goodness here, but it's that same word. So learn what truth is. Learn what honor is. Learn what righteousness is. Learn what purity is. Learn what it means to make love and create love in your life. Learn what it means to give a good report and think about how you're thinking, and then live that out with excellence. How many of you have a favorite cup of coffee. Somebody that makes the coffee just like you like it. And you walk into that coffee shop, whatever that store may be, and you look around for the person that makes you the coffee you like. And if it's another person, you have a fear (laughs) that that coffee is not going to be the same because the person who can make it for you is not there. Maybe it's a husband or a wife. I don't know what your situation is, but when it comes to something that you really like, a lot of how it's made depends on the person making it. I won't say the restaurant, but there's a restaurant here in Vista where they've hired a young man who's a just a fine young man. He's gracious. He's very kind, very nice. But he has the biggest, wildest head of bushy hair you will ever see in your life. And I will not get my sandwich made by him because I just know that I'm not just eating my sandwich. And so anytime he's, he's working, I'll look in the window to see if he's there, and if he's there, I'll just go right on to the next restaurant. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with him. That's on me. I'm persnickety. I'm picky. I want things a certain way. I, I, that's me. Now, don't tell me. There's not just a little bit of that in you, too, Sometimes. <laughs> Because we expect a level of excellence. And in your life and in my life, we need to strive for excellence. There is nobody who's going to be known in this room for mediocrity. But there are many people who are known in this room for their excellence for how they have done their best in the situations that they find themselves in to be good moms, good dads, good grandparents, good co-workers, honest business people. Those kinds of things leave a legacy for people in the future to live by. And I believe that God wants us together to strive for excellence, to strive for more than just faith, more than just knowledge, more than just an understanding of who God is. Even the devil knows who God is. Would we call his life a life of moral excellence? His his understanding of scripture is beyond mine and yours. I want you to know that he is smarter than you. He's more devious. He's been setting traps for every one of your ancestors. He knows you better than you know yourself. And it's only when I stand in the presence of God's holy angels and with the Holy Spirit surrounding me that I even have a fighting chance against the wiles of the devil. And if there's any area where the devil wants to tempt us and attack us, it's in this area Of excellence the devil would love us to have just enough religion to make us miserable just enough faith to make us doubt just enough knowledge to make us think we're smart and maybe even smarter than God is and so as we are thinking about this We apply with all diligence in our faith this moral excellence to every decision we make. And that means we have to put up great big walls around us to protect us, walls of ethical behavior, walls of thinking about the opposite gender walls of the covenant and the sanctity of marriage, walls that protect us and give us a sense of what moral excellence looks like. And every part of the word excellent requires us to give just a little bit more than we thought we could. See, the person who lives towards excellence doesn't just walk the first mile with the Roman soldier who commands them to carry their backpack. You see, in the time that Paul lived, in the time that Jesus lived, a Roman soldier could require any Jew to carry their backpack for a mile. And the Roman road was marked every mile with markers. And Jesus said, you know, The Roman soldiers want you to carry those packs for a mile. Moral excellence asks for two. You know, somebody might be really cold and they may want your outer coat. Moral excellence asks for the inner cloak as well. You see, there's more than just not getting divorced to moral excellence. There's not even looking at a woman to desire her or you've already committed sin in your heart. That's moral excellence. And so what we're striving for is not impossible to achieve because God has promised us in his word to the power that he can give us that he will help us to have that strength and have that ability And what it really comes down to at the end of the day, when all the dust settles on anything that's excellent, it's not only your own desire to achieve, because that's not all that this is talking about. I would hope that at the end of the day, if uh, God doesn't come back, that I can someday celebrate my 67th anniversary. Uh, This month, I'm only celebrating my 28th so I'm going to have a ways to go to get to 67. But with God's help and by his strength, I believe that I can have and achieve the same success that George and Olga had. No matter how different we are, no matter what the differences may be, moral excellence comes out of an authentic love for God and for others. That we will strive with everything we have to live towards the people that God wants us to be. That there not be any part of our lives that's not completely consecrated to our Heavenly Father. What He asks us to do. What He wants us to do. And what He wants us to become. There are some who look at things like the Gallup poll that was done last May. Just so you know, if you think that the moral excellence of our country has gone down, you're not alone. Gallup's annual poll that they do on moral values says that 76% of Americans say moral values are getting worse, and 14% say they're getting better. So, there you go. That's what your fellow countrymen are saying about this country. Where else would you look in the world and say, out of all the countries in the world, besides the United States, those people are morally excellent? Can you think of any country? right now, where there are more people who are morally excellent or better off morally than our country. And if you cannot, then why not start here? (laughs) Why not start with us? Why not say that this group of people, that Hope Church right here in Vista, California, is going to continue to live towards the virtue and excellence that God wants us to have and that God wants us to live out. You say, well, I don't know. I think I'd be happier if I wasn't put, you know, ball and chain with this person. I think I'd be happier if I just let them go and let them find somebody else. I think I'd be happier if I didn't have to worry about that. No, you won't. No, you won't. Because that shows a lack of moral excellence on your part. (laughs) I don't know. I could stop right there and just preach for another hour. (laughs) About the selfishness and the ego and the mountains of pride that sometimes people are living over and trying to live through. God help us to humble ourselves not, without any, not with any judgment or, or any critical hearts or critical attitudes towards anybody who's struggling with divorce, who may be single here this morning, who may be dealing with things in their life. Listen, as I said before, life is messy. And uh, you know, the way our government sets up the laws for social security and some of these other things... It actually harms people financially to get married. Craziest thing I've ever heard of. And so, brothers and sisters in Christ, be careful how you judge others, lest you also be judged. There are people who've suffered tragedies and loss and separation, people who have gone through all kinds of things, and yet God is still calling us to live out truth and purity and love, righteousness and honor. And as Lester comes to close the service this morning, I want you to make a commitment this morning to excellence in your own life. Whatever that may be. Living authentic love out towards the people in your life. Not making any excuses for yourself or for others. Whether you're single or married, separated or divorced, that's not what I'm talking about this morning. I'm talking about how we live our lives as people of God. And do we base them on truth and honor and righteousness and purity and love and saying good things about each other like I talked about last week. But now there's that if. That big dividing line if. If there is any excellence. If there's any virtue. If there's anybody who still believes living out the righteousness that God calls us to let's live towards that goal this week would you stand together with me you know Lester there's another version to that do you know it I'm thinking that a lot of the congregation might know the other version too. How many of you would say, I know the other version to take my life and let it be? Okay, four of you, never mind. <laughs> we'll sing your version. I like your version too. But the, uh, the, the words of this song call us to complete commitment. And our, our prayer team is coming and they're going to be here to pray with you I was wondering if maybe there's some people today that would say Pastor Matt nothing of what you've said has, 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 has anything to do with where I'm at right this moment but the Holy Spirit's been talking to me about something completely different where there's an area of my life where, not, where I'm not living the way I need to be living I'm not doing the things that I need to be doing maybe there's an area of your life where you're struggling right now with the moral excellence of the April 15th deadline. (laughs) Maybe there are other issues that you're dealing with, that you're struggling with. Whatever it may be, would you be willing to say, God, I'm going to live through these first six towards moral excellence in everything I do? And I want to commit that to my Heavenly Father today. Nobody looking around, every head bowed, please. Say, Pastor Matt, pray with me this week that I will live towards the moral excellence that God has called me to. Would you raise your hand so I can pray with you? Thank you. I see your hands all across the congregation. God knows your heart. These altars are here. Our prayer partners are here to pray with you. We want to have a time of prayer for our country. We are living in difficult times where a call to moral excellence needs to ring out from every pulpit in every church in every town in every county, in every state of this country. Moral excellence in how we talk to each other politically, how we do business, how we love each other, how we live together. And may we find examples in our leadership of that moral excellence and what that looks like. If there's anyone that wants to pray, I invite you to come as I pray right now. Heavenly Father, thank you for the hands that were raised across this congregation. Lord, those hands, as I say every Sunday, were not raised for me. They were raised to you, Lord. And you saw their heart when they raised their hand. You saw the thoughts that were going through their mind when they raised their hand. You you saw where they're at in their lives. More than any of us can see, Lord, you see every thought, every time we stand up, every time we sit down, you see it all. So Lord, be with us today. Help us to consecrate our lives completely to you. Help us to realize that the things that we do today matter for the future. And that the excellence of today is lived out in the blessing of tomorrow. Help us, Heavenly Father, to not be willing to be mediocre. And help us, Lord, to be an example to those that are around us just like George and Olga have been at Hope Church since I was half the age I am now, and now for 67 years, we celebrate that with them today. I ask your blessing over their marriage and their home and their family. May you continue to make their home a home of love and blessing. And may we, Lord, consecrate ourselves to living the way you called us to live, to being the people of God you called us to be. I pray these things in Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a great week. Shake hands with at least five people. If you'd like to come forward and pray, our prayer partners are here to pray with you.